Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Stu Baca, and I'm a Gen X grown-up. And I support Gen X grown-up on Patreon. And you should, too, at patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listeners to this episode 129 of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. I am John. Joining me as always is George. Hey, how's it going, guys? And you know that Mo is here. Hey, everybody. In this episode, we watch a documentary series where athletes challenge themselves in some of the most extreme conditions on Earth, check out an app that can help you and your closest friends earn money at the pump, and a gift from a fourth listener launches one of us into a console gaming adventure. I'm not saying which one, but it will be immediately evident when the excitement <laughs> sets in. <laughs> and maybe it just did. I don't know. We'll see. Spoiler alert. Before we get into those topics and many, many more, though, it's time for my favorite part of the show. That's fourth listener email, where you write back into the show. Tell us what you think about what you have heard. Fourth listener this time around is Paul. And the subject of Paul's email was a veteran view of Obi-Wan. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. All right. Like he's a veteran Jedi or? Or a veteran veteran. Well, maybe he's both. Maybe he's <laughs> He's a sleeper agent. I don't know. We're going to find out. <laughs> Paul says, hey, gang, Paul from Michigan here. Watching Obi-Wan episode one was a crushing reminder of what it felt like leaving the U.S. Army for me. Hmm. Oh, hmm. OK. OK. okay. All right. Yeah. Now I'm getting. Yep. I'm, I'm understanding. Getting yeah. Right. So it sounds yeah. like a veteran veteran, not a veteran yep. veteran. veteran. <laughs> he says, I had a high security clearance, which meant I couldn't talk about my last job very much. Because I couldn't talk about my work for the army, I had trouble getting a job. So I ended up delivering pizzas. I kept encountering people telling me things I knew were not true, but couldn't say anything. Fucking United States. That, that's, that's, mm. that, that, that annoyed me so much. This is the kind of thing we talked about it, and I've gotten on my high horse about this more than once on this podcast. This is fucking mm-hmm. bullshit. Yeah. If you go yeah. into military, yeah. especially if you serve in a forward operating area, some kind of war, conflict, whatever, you don't have to pay for shit for the rest of your fucking life as far as I'm concerned. You get your house for free. You don't pay taxes. Fucking they should deliver all that fucking lobster that Bill Gates and those motherfuckers <laughs> are eating to your house whenever you want it. Bullshit. Fucking bullshit. Those guys don't even make livable wages. Yeah. And at the very least, I mean, Paul had trouble getting a job because he had security clearance and wasn't allowed to talk about his last job. You should yeah. at least, at minimum, get assistance in finding employment that well, is hell, commensurate. The army should be able right. to make up a Either good way. life for right. you. Right. Give them a Exactly. <laughs> right. Give me a cover story, you do dude. do shit for those senators who are over there screwing goats and stuff all the time. You can't help the military people out. 
<laughs> Are there senators screwing goats? Podcast What's going canceled on? <laughs> immediately gets ripped off the air. <laughs> I was not aware. Uh, so, yeah, Paul, we're with you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he goes on to say, the two differences are things that I'm very grateful for. The first being my family and friends supported me and helped me know when they heard of an opportunity for me. Obi-Wan had none of that. True. Yeah, he was he was on his own on Tatooine, yeah, basically totally keep an on. eye on Luke. Banished and, to the yeah, to the yeah. outer rims. Yeah, like harvesting giant land salmon or whatever he was chopping up there. Yeah, chopping up some <laughs> animal that died. Ugh. The second is that as far as I know, none of my friends were shot and killed by people that were there to support them. That's good. <laughs> Obi-Wan watched his former yeah. student and friend murder children. True. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That's, that's interesting to get. I, I, I did not consider like a military aspect yeah. on what that character was going through. But Paul, you put a really interesting spin on it that wasn't in my head already. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Never thought from that perspective. Yeah. That, he wraps up by saying, thank you for the great show. Humbly, your fourth, Paul from Flint, Michigan. Oh, oh and cool. the poor fucking guy lives in Flint. Jesus Christ, he's getting screwed left and <laughs> right with the water supply and everything else this poor guy's had to deal with over the last five years. Oh. God damn it, Paul. Just Paul, move to Florida. We'll you take put care up of with shit. So much. <laughs> Come on down. It, it's hot as hell, but by golly, we can get water here at least. <laughs> And there's plenty of pizza delivery if that's what you need. No, no. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, we could do better pizza. <laughs> Somebody in the GXG family can find this guy a damn good job and get right? him moved yeah. somewhere. Hop on Discord. We have a help wanted section right? over there we where do. people are looking. Yeah. People are looking and checking. Yeah. It sounds like you landed on your feet, Paul, and we're so glad that you did. We're also glad that you are a fourth listener to this show, and we love yeah. it every time a fourth listener writes into the show. Let us know what they think. If you would like your email featured here on the show, it is drop dead easy. Just hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. We read every single one and most of them, like Paul's, eventually make the show. And before we forget, Paul, thank you very much for your service. Agreed, 100%. With that good business behind us, it is time to jump into the body of this show right after the break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Be sure to subscribe to or follow Gen X Grown Up wherever you listen. And while you're there, rate and review the show, too. It helps more than you know. Professionals don't always do my hair, but I always use the shampoo my hairdresser prefers, Wella Balsam Shampoo. I'm Brooke Shields, and I love Wella Balsam because it actually helps keep your hair stronger, even helps repair split ends, and strong hair looks beautiful, shiny, full of body. So try Wella Balsam Shampoo. It's oil-free. And try Willow Balsam Instant Conditioner with its own unique strengthening formula. You'll love your hair. Let's get the ball rolling, talking about media, as we always like to do here at the head of the show. Of course, that could be music or film or comics or television. And uh, George, why don't we get started with you? What have you been checking out? Yeah, so I'm going to try and run through my thing as quickly as possible. Mo, I hope you'll do the same thing, because I really want to talk about what's on John's list in this segment when we get there. (laughs) But I'm talking about a TV show. It's already finished its first season. It stars one of my favorite comedic actors, uh, Craig Robinson. You guys might remember him from The Office. Mm -hmm. He did another series, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He was on. He was on that ghost series for a little while mm-hmm. they had mm-hmm. like one season that ghost huntery thing right yeah yep. yeah i hope this thing gets a few more seasons under its belt because the first couple of episodes that i've watched so far mm. are hilarious basic premise is this is a guy who's 
never quite achieved his financial goals that he's always set for himself. He's been a hard worker. He wants to live the American dream, start his own business, that kind of thing. Chance encounter with an Uber driver sends him down a path of killing boa constrictors in the Florida Everglades to try and make the money that he needs to start his business. <laughs> really? That's yeah. the premise? <laughs> that's the premise. <laughs> Somebody becomes a snake killer in the Everglades. So that's killing it. Killing it. Well, number one, it's funny. The actress who plays the Uber driver, she is from <laughs> Australia and she is drop dead funny. We, <laughs> we were just having a Speaking discussion drop about dead, drop dead. Yeah. <laughs> she is hilarious. She's very funny. The character is played really well. Craig Robinson is Craig Robinson. He's got a brother mm-hmm. character who's also like this criminal mastermind who's making money hand over fist and Craig wants nothing to do with that. <laughs> but there's a scene at the beginning of episode two that has... As much, if not more, shock value than the kids in the hall first episode. Ooh. Oh, where no. they're the bank robbers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Ooh, the yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I watched the first episode and I'm like, oh, this is funny. I'll watch episode two. I watched the beginning three minutes of episode two and immediately called my wife into the room. Honey, just shut up and watch this. I'm not going to tell you what it is. It's disturbingly funny. You could have given me a hundred guesses as to what the premise of, of any show was. I would never come up with found making a living killing boa constrictors in the Everglades. That's not on my list. Yeah, that, yeah, that would not. I, yeah, I would never have gotten there. But I'm interested. And but now I want to see it. It's very cute. They've already run through the first season. So the good thing is you can get all the episodes from the public domain and watch them. If you have Peacock <laughs> or NBC's streaming yes, service, right, that's right, where right, it started Peacock, on. Yeah. So you can watch it there in its entirety. I don't know if it's been picked up or canceled or not, but it definitely should at least get a season two just from what I've seen in the first two episodes. Wow. Damn. Okay. Well, that, that's on my list. 100% now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move this along. Mo, what do you want to talk about? Okay. So mine is a, sh- a limited series. It's on HBO Max. It's called Edge of the Earth. It's just four yeah. episodes. And each episode, they basically kind of take extreme something like extreme skier, extreme mountain climber, something like that. Okay. And for an hour, they basically watch as they plan and do something no one has ever done. Oh, some extreme okay. thing like like record setting world yep. record kind of oh wow either record or like those skiers they 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 literally climbed a freaking mountain with the ice picks and boot things with skis on their back and then to ski down, down it okay. holy so that's impressive but you yeah. know what's more impressive to me what? is the fucking cameraman who had to <laughs> oh, climb along with them with all his yeah, shit. you're not kidding and they actually show the camera people every now and then and then but they had a lot of drones too but each one so one's oh, about skiers yeah, that makes sense. um one is about kayakers who are trying mm. to kayak this river in Ecuador from the mountain all the way down to like the Like one that ocean. nobody's ever done or something. Yep, probably. no one's ever made it yeah. all the way down kayaking. Um, one is on a rock climber who mm. went to like mm-hmm. Kazakhstan or some crazy solid granite wall, 5,000 feet. Good Lord. And she, wow. she, she yeah. free climbed it. Really? Free climb, no ropes. No, no, <laughs> rope. Free climbing is with ropes. Free solo is that without ropes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't oh, know okay. that. I learned that on the show. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Entertaining and educational. Yep, there you go. So it's a mile straight up this granite thing that no one's ever climbed this face before. You know, so she's actually putting in the ropes and the stuff herself. I mm-hmm. won't walk a mile on flat open ground. I know. I'm not climbing a mile. <laughs> the craziest thing Straight about it, up. It, it, it literally took her days to do it. She slept up there. 
I've seen like they have those. They have hammocks. They have those they things, that, the hammocks that hang off the yeah. side. I've seen those. Man, different things. Yeah. Food? I could not possibly hammer that thing in hard enough. I'd be up all night. <laughs> tink, 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 tink. Is it getting loose? Tink, tink, tink. All like, night long. I wouldn't sleep. Like What's the support <laughs> system that's going to hold that hammock in place? <laughs> but the last one was just dropped. Um, so it's the final episode is Surfer trying to uh, find mm. the biggest wave. And they think they found this place in Africa where they think is going to have the biggest wave that they're going to surf. Mm. To me, the interesting part is just watching these people prep. I mean, they're extreme, but they're not stupid. They're mm-hmm. planning. Mm-hmm. Like they know exactly what they're doing. They're planning it. They're trying to make it as safe as they can. But when you push them to shove, then they're like skiing down a freaking mountain. And, wow. and just the journey to get to this mountain was like 12 hours on a boat, eight hours cross-country skiing to a base camp. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it so was I can start the challenge. Yeah, right, that have been, the, that have the been challenge. more challenge than I could handle in the first place. Yeah, no, I couldn't there. get to the base camp. Yeah. <laughs> these people are just amazing that they could do these things. And you talk about the camera people, the mountain climbing one, the mm-hmm, shots mm-hmm. they give, unreal. You watching this thing? I'm like, okay. First of all, every time I see, I'm like, uh, uh-uh, uh, nope, nope, uh, uh-uh, yep. nope, not gonna happen, <laughs> not gonna happen. That's a great segue. <laughs> Actually, I think about that. That's a great segue <laughs> to our next one. I think of those things, and many times as you were talking about these things, well, and George talking about the boa constrictors and everything. I'm thinking, (laughs) nope. And that is, in fact, what I'm looking forward to talking about. We have all been looking forward to Jordan Peele's new film, Nope. Absolutely. Uh, And it came out just after we got back from SFGE, and we all had chaos going on. And we all just saw it, I think, in the last week or so, right? I I, saw it yesterday. I got over my COVID, and I saw it. George saw it today. I saw it it yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm going to say it's now been a few weeks since it's out. We're going to talk some spoilers in Nope. So if you don't want to hear Nope spoilers, you can jump ahead. We'll put a timestamp down in the show notes you can jump ahead to uh, but if you are ready to talk about nope i am so jordan peele's well, we films, gotta I mean, do the did. scooby-doo we gotta do the travel in time until it's time for spoilers to start yes so jordan peele has came out of basically being a comedic guy on tv to transitioning to a little bit of directing to being possibly the premier horror i'll use horror as a general genre though director Super A-list guy. So yeah, super A-list director, writer too, because he's wrote You know who movies. Jordan Peele is? Jordan Peele is who M. Night Shyamalan should have fucking been. Wanted to be. Wanted to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he doesn't just rely on the twist. Twist. But no, okay, no. Let, let's get straight into talking oh, about yeah, Nope. Yeah. So the premise of Nope actually was very kind of shrouded in secrecy. Even if you watch the trailer, even if you watch the second trailer, maybe all you could figure out was that here's this brother and sister that work on a horse training farm. Right. They see something in the sky and that's about all you know for sure. Yeah. There's look, looks like a twister. I didn't even and, realize they were brother and sister. Yeah, the second trailer, yeah, I got that yeah. they were trying to film it. They were trying to film something. And there was that's some right. sort of carnival thing. <laughs> I didn't even get that. I was so in the dark, apparently. Oh, yeah. what's, that's, that's that bad. And I love going into a film where yes. usually yes. I avoid the trailers. Yeah. In this I case, I saw the trailers and I still was like, I don't know what I'm getting in for. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to jump straight to the part where I say if I like it or not, this is my favorite Jordan Peele film so far. I liked his other films and they're Ooh. good. I didn't like them as much. Maybe I wasn't nuts about. Was it us? Was that the second us one? He was did? My least us was the second one. Us, yeah. us was probably my least favorite. Get out was a great twist on a horror film. Yeah. This is almost uncategorizable. It yeah. is, has horror elements. It's a there's science though. fiction, there's thriller, there's mystery, there's drama. There's so much going on. I'm going to say it's categorizable. I think it's science fiction horror in the vein of Alien, which I've just recently rewatched because I grabbed a 1080p off the public domain. Mm-hmm. Another great movie. Yeah. You're right. He did redefine 
define mm-hmm. this genre of science fiction horror. It's got some some psychological mm-hmm. edges to it, which all of his work does. Right. Yeah. I don't know if I'm as strong as you saying it's my favorite because it's kind of okay. hard for me to say that because I watched Get Out like the last time I watched it was a year ago. And yeah, this I just watched too, today. So right now at this moment, this mm-hmm. might be my favorite thing. Get Out is a masterpiece. Get no, Out undoubtedly. is really yeah. good. This I see people doing the balance scale hand thing like, nope, get out. Nope, get out. Yeah, it's yeah, going to go back I agree. and forth. Yeah, for it's me. very close for me, too. I don't know if he, that's why he's uncategorizable. I think he just did it so well. Oh, my God. It was beautiful. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when you think of like science fiction horror, you think like maybe lower quality or just not like not paying attention to some of the details that you think like a well-crafted movie would. But this was a, mm-hmm. such a well done. He does such a, a great a, job great of throwing you clues mm-hmm. that, you know, as an experienced film watcher, you're supposed to pay attention for those kinds of things. Yes. Yep. In yep. this yes. kind of movie. But he throws them at you in ways. It's He's like a magician. He misdirects you with one thing exactly. and he, shows you yeah. something oh, else. Yeah. He uses the language of film against you to yeah. go, oh, I know what you're expecting. I'm going to show you that and then twist it on its head and go, ha ha. Yeah. But it's not like a ha ha, the twist. And that's not the film. No, no. no. That's just a bonus extra. They're still working on the film. That's not the pivot on which the so whole thing brilliant. runs. Yeah. I think in this one, too, I don't know if you felt this way, but I kind of almost felt like he he did a little homage to Quentin Tarantino a little bit with the time jumping in this film. Because he does the black screens where, in this case, all the black screen titles, I love it that they're all animal names. I think that was yeah, brilliant. Yeah, that's right. Love yeah. that. Uh, yep. Definitely lends stuff to the final third of the film. But I love how he would go back and forth in time depending upon the character that you needed to focus on in that particular moment. It's just fucking yeah. gorgeous. And I don't mean that mm-hmm. visually, although visually it's, no, visually it's a very amazing. great yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, great film. but. It feels like he took as much time to plan this out as Moe's guys did in his Edge of the World TV show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, it, let me tell you, the thing I also just liked about it is just the, you know, you talk about these sci-fi horror movies, like usually, you know, this is trope, right? You don't see the creature that much or you don't, you know, it doesn't appear until the end. Mm-hmm. When I mm-hmm. saw it like fairly early in the movie for me, mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, was did he blow the load too quickly. No, like, oh, that's it. it. Oh, it's an alien. Oh my goodness. And, and it is and it isn't. Yeah. Uh, so we could talk about this film for an hour or more. Oh, you there see are the three key on this. points <laughs> that I want to make sure we talk about. I want to talk about the opening of the film. Mm-hmm. I'd like to talk briefly about the reveal of the nature of the alien. Okay. And I'd like to talk about the final battle, which all were phenomenal. And how I can summarize this quickly, the opening of the film, I thought I was in the wrong movie for the first <laughs> six yeah. minutes. Sure. It's like, wait a minute. I didn't know this movie was about a monkey on a TV set and a, what's going on? Yeah. So this whole Gordy's home thing, which I learned was actually a dream, a nightmare that Jordan Peele had and posted oh, on really? Twitter. And somebody said, that's fascinating. You should make a movie about it. <laughs> and that thing is the opening that then is a theme that you find out later how it weaves back through the film. I yeah. found to be yeah. just well, staggeringly so well yeah. inventive. I want to ask you guys a question because I just saw this today at my local AMC theater. Mm-hmm. And after I got done with the movie, I went to the manager of the theater because I thought something was done incorrectly. Now, he gave me an explanation. I want to find out if you guys had the same experience. So I saw it on this ginormous, almost IMAX size screen Mm -hmm. in the theater, but the film itself only showed on like three quarters of the screen. It was pared down to where there was black unused theater screen to the side. Throughout the film? Throughout the entire film. I didn't have that. That seems like a projectionist problem. That's what I thought too. But the theater manager guy said, yep, I know people have been asking. That's what the director and the 
company told us that we have to display it that way. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I didn't see it on IMAX either, but I didn't see I it on IMAX. I saw screen. it on like the Dolby Theater yep. in our local AMC, which is a good size screen. This wasn't IMAX, the IMAX Theater that they have there. It was just one of mm-hmm. the giant, almost oh, sure. size IMAX yeah. right. size screens. Yeah. If it was, it wasn't enough for me to even notice it, but I don't believe well, it was. I noticed it right away because, you know, oftentimes in theaters with the projectionist, they, they have the trailers not fully blown out to the full sure. size yeah, of the screen. Yeah, yeah. And, the film and then when giant. your movie starts, it expands. It expands out, right. Right. They didn't do that with this at all. Everything stayed in the same ratio and size as the trailers did. That's why when John's talking about the monkey on the TV mm-hmm. set, Thart, I thought mm-hmm. I was watching another trailer. Okay, is this bedtime for Bonzo thing? Another movie that's coming out? Oh, so I like see. John for the first four <laughs> minutes, yeah. I'm like, what is this? Yeah, yeah I, I think so. Like that beginning sequence, the thing that got me with it, it was quiet, right? Because there's mm-hmm. no sound really. So And yep. the tension, just it, it just made me tense just watching it. I was it, uncomfortable. It was, yeah, it was very so uncomfortable. uncomfortable. Like, it's quiet. I'm, am I watching the right movie? Should yeah. I I check my tickets. I'm in the right theater, the right time. I'll tell you when I knew I was watching the right movie. Yep. When the monkey gave me the get out stare. Oh, that's <laughs> because that stare. That was, that was creepy as hell. That was, and that yeah, looked creepy. exactly like something Jordan like, oh, Peele. That could would be a Jordan Peele thing. Yeah. I was like, yeah. that monkey just beat a bunch of people. He's got blood all over him. He knocked over a lampshade. And now he's staring straight at my now soul. Give me the evil oh eye. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. when, when the monkey stared at me, I audibly said, oh, shit. I mean, I did too. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, so the, the second thing I want to talk about the nature of the alien, which, as yeah. you said, Mo, early on, you find out, oh, the trailers are right. It's a UFO. And you right. think it's a UFO for a short time until ultimately you realize, oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's not a ship with something in it. That's an entity flying yeah. around in the shape of, of a UFO, like in a disc shape. Yeah. And the more you see of it, there's like later you see like the mouth of it that looks like this flailing whatever. Yeah. And do you remember the the beginning of the film that starts, you see like this horse running on this old film after the Gordy's home segment. Yeah, the original motion picture. It's inside of the throat of the alien, but you didn't know that's what you were looking at until later. Oh, I didn't even, I didn't notice that. I didn't catch that. Yeah, yeah. You don't find out until later because it it was just down (laughs) in this hallway and you're like, oh, you find out when ultimately the people are sucked up from the rodeo, they're going into that same throat throat that was the view down the throat mm. of the alien and you didn't know it until the third act that that's what you saw in the origin of, of the beginning Ugh. of the film that's great just i love that the stuff. twist it was like an i've heard people compare it to encounter at far point the uh the premiere right well of the generation. because of the the alien shape changing ability right. it had jellyfishy tendrils yeah. at some point yeah. it had things but that was the connection that ran it through horse training and how you learn and respect the animals gordy's home and how the the animal went mad because they didn't respect the boundaries of the exploitation and then of course the alien and also don't look at the eye right yeah don't, don't look in the that eye that was the right. big part because the horse on the set of the commercial you know the guy puts that globe in front of the horse's right. face and, it yeah. shi- and the horse kicks the people and they're like okay you're out no more work for you and so the whole time the rest of that as they kept going back to those kinds mm-hmm. of shots yeah. like he even built that little globe in his kitchen out of some yep. materials right. that he had to train the and horse, at first right? I'm like is he trying to figure out how to train his horses better for the next time he gets a commercial job and then I'm like oh that's the Sherlock Holmes everything clicking into place moment yeah, for yeah. him the one thing with the when they finally show the scene with you know with the stare and he walks up to the kid under the table I was thinking like okay why didn't he well they go back to the mm-hmm. Gordy's home yeah. segment yeah. and you find out what happened right why didn't he go after the kid and I was thinking I said wait a minute with that tablecloth the kid couldn't see his eyes yeah mm-hmm. so, yeah, like, so he wasn't the camera was half looking through the right. cloth as the kid's yeah. vision right yeah and he comes so, in uh, to do the fist bump and just 
like it's so close and then somebody takes out the monkey and of course the the, the monkey lover in me was like don't kill a monkey but he's about to kill a kid i guess <laughs> that's something from the primate world that i learned a long time ago in a really good um, michael crichton book that was in a really mm. shitty michael crichton movie congo oh yeah but okay. More it's gorillas. where like yeah. he goes up against the grayback gorilla in the jungle and he's like have to look down don't look him in the eye mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that same thing with the chimpanzee the horse and the alien creature like most saying all three of them had that same animal instinct if you look in my eye you're getting fucked mm-hmm. up yeah and i may have missed a greater theme but certainly there was a respect for nature there mm-hmm. was a working in conjunction with nature and not trying to dominate it or rule it as the guy did with the rodeo and that didn't work out for him because he was trying to capitalize on right. and take Ex- advantage exploiting of it basically he thought he was going to tame it he's exploiting it yeah 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 i'll, I'll feed you a horse and you'll be happy it's like jurassic park with the goat on the chain trying to get the t-rex right. to come down he doesn't right. want to be fed thing. he wants to hunt right yeah. <laughs> it's that same idea okay again the third thing that uh-huh. i want to make sure we touch on is the ultimate battle where now all the cards are on the table right and now this alien is absolutely being it's most alienist it's it's it deforming sure. a bit and it's after everyone and it is tearing people up the suspense that he built there it was a slow burn of a film we have little little, little bumps mm-hmm. yeah but man was it ramping up to a point where what he delivered in that finale it had my pulse racing and yeah that's what i want out of a damn movie excite me <laughs> show me something i can't get every day well, on tv and you know? the final boss battle goes back and forth three different times as to what's going to be the resolution yeah yeah to with yes. the creature. it's over it's not over it's over it's not you exactly know. Yeah. like you totally expect one of the brother sister pair to be the one to slay the dragon so to speak right sure yeah and then but it flips it? and then it flips yep. again yeah and then yeah. it flips again and i think for me one of the one of the through lines that you only notice in two other scenes in the film are the coins. Coins are shaped like eyes. Mm -hmm. And at the very beginning of the film, the main character, his father is killed by a coin shot down from this alien through his eye, which I thought was actually into his brain. Through his brain. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Through his eye. Great point. Yeah, 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 that's so eyes, yeah. He's got more chills. Damn, this movie is good. Then you see the coin on his wall in his bedroom, still in the biohazard bag. Yep. And mm-hmm. then at the very end, the coin is used in the well photograph machine. Oh, the coin is She grabs the coins. Yeah. Right. So yeah. the correlation with coins and eyes and, yeah. and, and the, yeah, the, I, I don't know what else I could say to tell you that I enjoyed yeah. this film. All oh, those things too. are why the, the texturing and the layering in it make it my favorite Jordan Peele film. I can understand that. And it's probably my top three films of 2022 right now. I mean, it's, oh, it's it might good. make the first, I don't know, but it's, it's, it's one of the best I, it's films my I've first seen in a while. of 2022 myself. I haven't gone to a lot of yeah. films in the theater, but yeah. I've watched a lot at home. Definitely yeah, my yeah. favorite of 2022. <laughs> I'd be curious, John, what would be better in your mind than this this year? Well, you remember I talked about the um, the people that were capitalizing on the lottery and I told you how much that, that oh, right, touched right. me Marge, directly and emotionally. Something Marge Go Large. Yeah, yeah. Harold and Marge or something Harold Go Large. Marge, exactly. Go large, that yeah. film, right? To your point, if I don't remember the name, is it really that good? But it wasn't as simple as Nope, but a couple of people's names. Yeah. That film was, in a different way, was a great film. This is a motion picture, whereas that one was a movie in my yeah. mind. I love to, the title of the film, we, we've talked about that before we got to see it. Oh, it's a great title for a film. Nope. Nope. Mm-hmm. Jordan Peele horror. Nope. That's perfect. But I love their 
sparse use of that right. line. They, they didn't right. use it twice for and different so, like, reasons. Whenever they did yeah. use it, I noticed it, and it was right. appropriate. Yeah. And I was yeah, like, oh, like, yeah, nope. that's I'm, nope. <laughs> that's proper usage of that word yeah, yeah. at this moment. You are <laughs> every correct. Every time he said it, did everyone like laugh? I know everyone, I was laughing. Every time like, nope. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, 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 Especially right. because the first time I noticed that he used it, that one scene with those little fucking kids in the alien costume. Yeah, with the fake out, which is a great scene on its own. creeped me out. The first one that stood out. I thought that was an early reveal, and they're showing me the aliens, of course. I'm like, is this going to be like signs the shitty M Night Shyamalan movie where the yeah. alien, you know, the reveal is the whole and you thing? Just spray water on them and they die or something stupid, right? But no, no. <laughs> Back to nope. your point, George. This is a whole that's one of those film. things where they use the mechanics of horror films and introduce mm-hmm. this thing like, oh, are these the aliens? Now I know. Nope, it's something else entirely. Moving on. <laughs> it was creepy. It was creepy. I, I would give this easily four and a half tokens out of five. Yeah. This oh, is yeah, a yeah. full price to go and see. I might have to go five. Yeah, this may yeah, have been a perfect film. In hindsight, it might go up at the moment. I'm going to say four and a half. But and look, five doesn't mean a perfect film. There are some things I could think maybe I would change. I don't know if I get better or not, but I'm going to stick at four and a half right now. What do you, what do you think, Mo? You also saw it. Yeah, I, would, I mean, I would do four and a half because, you know, there's not many perfect movies, I would call it. But this, I mean, it was damn close for sure. Mm-hmm. So, you yeah. know, four and a half, I would say is pretty phenomenal. I'm going to see it again for sure. Oh, yeah. 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 And I think seeing the theater is worthwhile yes. just because of the spectacle. Yeah. Maybe one where they show it full frame, George, would be even better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It would be. <laughs> that would be. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts. You're listening to Gen X Grown Up. But if you have a friend who's not yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. You can't wish their coughs away. You can't hug their coughs away. You can give them Novahistine because you can't buy better care for a cough. Novahistine and Robitussin both contain active ingredients. But these Novahistine cough products all have a cough suppressant, dextromethorphan. Only half of Robitussin's cough products contain any cough suppressant. You just can't buy better care for a cough than Novahistine. So give them Novahistine and a hug. I have something pretty cool, I think, for Tech and Toys this time. Okay. George has something that's pretty cool. So we'll start with John. (laughs) (laughs) And there's whatever crap you have, John. (laughs) What do you got, man? (laughs) You know, recently, George, in the Tech and Toys segment, you've been highlighting applications that are really Mm -hmm. useful. Like We talked about everything, which I use daily. We talked about that that rocket plugin that gets rid of all the peripheral garbage and web pages and sort Mm -hmm. of things. And this is a phone app that I've started using. At its surface, I thought this was going to be some kind of a crazy pyramid scheme scam, and it's going to be a waste (laughs) of my money and stuff. But as I've used it, I've gotten to the point where I won't buy gasoline without this app because it's a no brainer. It just it works so well. So the app is called Upside. Mm -hmm. It used to be called Get Upside. They recently Mm -hmm. changed their name. And (laughs) as I describe it. 
you're going to start thinking, oh, this sounds like a scam. And I get it. But I now understand what their business model is. The idea is when you need to buy gas, which right now coming down a little, but prohibitively expensive. I mean, people are canceling trips because gas is four and five bucks a gallon. And look, this is not going to make your gas half price or anything. But the premise of Upside is when it's time to get gas, you open the app and you look around you for gas stations that are participating in the Upside program. And they have a discount. It might be as little as a penny per gallon. It might be as much as 15 or 20 cents per gallon. You never know. You look around. The idea is if you're willing to drive an extra mile or two to save two or three bucks, using this is going to be well worth worth your while. I have earned back probably $60 in credit that I've cashed in for Amazon gift cards. And ultimately, you find a gas station that's working for you, that's participating. You go there and check in, tell them what credit card you're using so that they can sync it up later. And in a couple of days, they've credited you the amount back on that gas fill up. Like, so maybe yeah. it's 10 cents a gallon. You got 10 gallons. You know, hey, there's a buck. There's two bucks, whatever it is that you get. Beyond that, they also have discounts for restaurants. And sometimes the restaurant's not only will they say, hey, 20% back, 28% back on your meal, usually capped at 10 bucks, but who doesn't want to save 10 bucks on a family meal, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you'll do those and they'll say, plus on your next fill up, you get an extra 10 cents per gallon back or whatever. It's bananas. And I have used it regularly now and it's not a scam. I couldn't believe it. I was so excited about it. The person that introduced it to me was my mom because she found it the first time. And I was like, oh no, mom fell into some crazy internet scheme. She's (laughs) (laughs) But what happens is if you refer a friend, you get regular like pennies back for everything they earn. And and I think the tier is actually too deep, your friends and your friends' friends. And I keep getting emails saying, hey, you earned 12 cents this week from friends. You earned 20 cents this week from friends. And I'm going to give Mo a link to put down in the show notes. I'm going to shamelessly give a link that has my code in it, but there's no downside to using the code. Whether you use my code or not, you should go and check this out because it is absolutely legit. You will absolutely earn money on it. And I've cashed it in for Amazon cards and bought stuff that I wanted for free, basically. So I have some stuff to say Uh (laughs) about the Upside app. So John, you introduced this to me. Okay. I think I was over there in Jacksonville and you were talking about it. Mm-hmm. I started using it. First of all, they have done a great job of marketing. I don't know if you've noticed, but they've really targeted radio ads, which makes a lot of sense because mm-hmm. usually you're, you're in the your car. car listening to radio. <laughs> yeah. That's when you want to know about savings. Well, on when gas. you're done listening to the Gen X Grown Up podcast, then, then you, you switch over to yeah, yeah, of course. Certainly. Of course. Yeah. That goes without saying. <laughs> the other part of it, though, is it's a little logistically not savings. So I know, you know, on the surface, you know, you mm-hmm. save a 10 cents a gallon, you get a dollar, you get it put into your account and you transfer that over to some other platform. And they have more than Amazon. There are a lot of yeah. platforms on there. Oh you yeah. Put in your bank account. I think I have had significant problems with getting them to send that money back to my bank account through PayPal, which is one of their options. Ah. I can never get their link to work. It keeps telling me like, we send you this thing. You have to open the email on your phone. And when you do, you click the link and I've done every single thing. I've even called into their help desk. They can't get me to it. It almost feels like that is just there to appease you until you get frustrated (laughs) enough to give up and go to Amazon because I'm going to bet that there's some backroom backdoor deal with this company and some of these others like an Amazon and the other things they give gift so cards for. So gift cards are also a further discount. That yeah. allow them yeah. to keep operating because yeah. there's no other incentive. The gas station, they're going to get people coming to them regardless. So there's mm-hmm. not a ton of incentive because they have their own loyalty programs already. They do. The other thing is, depending upon your area, John and Mo live in Jacksonville. They have 
probably hundreds of gas stations participating. Yes, tons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At first, Tallahassee had three gas stations participating, and none of them were on any driving routes. Now wow. they've partnered with Circle K and Shell in my mm-hmm. area, right. so I have a lot more gas stations to choose from. So when you're listening to this, our experience may be completely different than yours as far mm-hmm. as what you have available. Mm-hmm. I do have seven restaurants in my area. Well, the, the model is, as you say, you're going to get gas anyway. The, the benefit for them is they're partnering with these stations. And if they can get you to go to gas station A versus gas station B, that's the incentive. They're like It's like, well, I'm going to use upside, therefore I must go there to get my bonus. Mm-hmm. And they're getting much more than we are because they're giving me a percentage and then they're giving whoever recruited me a percentage. And ultimately, I have never done the cash backs. You may be right. It may be intentionally difficult mm-hmm. to get cash back, but I live in the Amazon world and I get everything through Amazon. So I'm perfectly happy to put it on an Amazon gift card. Yeah, you can too. also put it, as you said, Mo, there's, you know, Lowe's or Carabas or Home Depot. There's tons of gift cards and you're right. They probably have a discount on those. So they would rather you get Well, that. they have to, because what's happening is you're just transferring part of your money to another thing you're going to spend it on. So it's still right. your money. Like mm-hmm. that dollar mm-hmm. you saved in gas, you've decided, okay, I'm going to spend it with Amazon now. You're kind of getting both things for that $1. So that's Mm -hmm. where the savings comes to you. But if you can't get it back to your bank account, that's the part that I'm a little troubled by because I've tried Mm. for like the first two months and just gave up. Now, Mo, you're using it. Have you cashed out? Do you use gift cards or money? I use the Amazon gift card because- use gift cards too. All right. I I spend so much on Amazon every month. I know it might as well. Right. Gotcha. So I have not any problems. So fairness, right? Your mileage may vary. Do your own investigation. You're hearing our experience with it. I really like it. It's worked for me. Uh, if you're trying to get cash out of it, could be challenging, as as George said, but uh, it is an avenue where you might be able to save or in, in the case, earn back some money on money you have to spend anyway on gas. I so. think what Mo should do is get a link from each one of the three of us and see who's the most popular upside. I was thinking the same <laughs> there thing. There you go. And see who's the most popular. <laughs> yeah. I can, and I'll, I'll go delete those other links. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, Mo, you set it up. You said you had something really interesting. So lay it on us. What do you uh, got? In I don't know how interesting, but you said now. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. So lately, I've been getting actual LPs that I had when I was younger, like records. Yeah. And I got frames for them, and I'm putting yeah. them on my walls with movie posters and stuff. Mm-hmm. They nice. look great. And the thing is, like, when I started getting them in, I was, like, opening them, and I felt like I first bought the records. You're opening the sleeves, you're looking at the lyrics on the record sleeve, you're looking at the back art, you're looking at the art in mm-hmm. the front, which I thought was really cool. So then I was like, I really need to play these. <laughs> I, I really want to play one of these things. So I went out and I picked up a Bluetooth turntable from Amazon. Ah, See? Okay. Like I, mm-hmm. there you go. It's another Amazon, which I've spent my probably upside dollars. There we on. go. They're upside money. Yeah. It's working. <laughs> it's by a company called Donner. This, there's actually quite a few of them out there. Mm-hmm. This one I got because I actually wanted something that sounded decent. Okay. So something with actual audio fidelity, not yeah, just some, some actual fidelity. Yeah. It, it also mm-hmm. com- it has a built-in preamp as well, which makes yep. a difference because if you don't, I actually ordered two. The first one did not have a preamp, which I realized then you need a preamp for. Mm. It's the Donner Bluetooth turntable. And the things I like about it is that one, USB, you hook it right to your computer and play record for that. But Bluetooth though. Is- you actually connect to a Bluetooth speaker. Oh, for speaker. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So I just played a record and hear it over a Bluetooth speaker. And so with those are the two things I was really looking for. So I said, oh, I may not want to play it with my computer. You know, my computer may not be anywhere near it. So I just wanted a way to play it. And I was able to hook up to my Bluetooth speaker and play it. And it works absolutely great. 
I suddenly remembered all the other maintenance things you need to do with records. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to get something Dust to clean and, it. I had too much yep. static there. And, oh, I had to get the thing to get rid of static. Eventually, it sounded awesome. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I'm really super happy with it. Now, it's not the, an inexpensive one. They had something you give like 30, 40 bucks. And I don't know if those are really worth right. it. Quite not. I mean, unless it's just, I don't know what your needs are, I suppose. So this one, though, I really wanted something that sounded good. So this one actually cost $189. Ooh, okay. So oh, it was, it was not right. inexpensive. That's a real turntable. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a real turntable. And it just has like all the features I wanted. And I'll tell you, it's, I really like it. Mo, I was taking a look at the link as soon as you started talking about it because I've mm-hmm. always wanted a turntable again. And I've mm-hmm. looked at the $30, $40 ones. And to be honest with you, I've looked at those and gone, oh, that feels a little too high for a turntable to me. <laughs> and I think part of it was because I know they're probably going to be a piece of crap at those prices. Mm-hmm. Right. I've seen the ones like they used to have at Best Buy, you know, where you could have a line out from them, USB, whatever, and they were always in the $200 range, but they didn't look like they were quality audio devices. They looked like they were modeled after kitsch 1940s record players. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Almost a gimmick than an actual piece of electronics. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yours is beautiful, by the way. It's gorgeous. It's simplistic in its design. I love the sleek lines on it. One thing that I noted, though, you talked about it being $189.99, so $190, essentially. Uh, They have a coupon right now for 30 extra dollars off so it's 160 oh wow well, actually i did take advantage of that because it did yeah. pop up oh good so, yeah, yeah. So you have to check box you know it's, you have to yeah. put the little check mark in but i also looked at their price history they've only been around on amazon at least with this particular product since june 30th and it's been the same price the whole time so it's never gone up or down so you're not getting ripped off if you want to pick it up at this price oh, oh. okay well, i feel good. better Thank and plus you. with the coupon on top of that great yeah now mo you set this up you were getting the real vinyl have you actually ripped vinyl to your computer computer yet or just listen to audio well how have you used it uh mostly i've just listened all right so quite honestly i have all of this music on digital already <laughs> you already have it digitally i see okay and really i got it and some of the music i picked mostly because there were covers i really remember i don't know if that mm. makes sense mm. as opposed okay. to yeah 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 right you know right. like i got like prince 1999 i just that cover oh. just i remember yeah. so well but, you know, looking at it and like one, I forgot it was a two record set. Digitally, it's just more tracks in the list. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. Right. You'll yeah. notice. <laughs> yeah. And again, I remember we talked about this in one of our podcasts, actually, about, you know, listening to music, the different ways growing up, you know, Walkmans and stuff like that. And yeah. one thing is when I started playing the records, I listened to the whole record again. Mm. You know, I listened to the whole side because right. I didn't, like, you didn't just cherry pick a track it. and put it in a playlist. <laughs> and yeah, it's a different experience. It's, and it is a different experience. Like the arcade experience where we talked about a few episodes ago. There's something tactile and mm-hmm. evocative yeah. about holding that vinyl and hearing the scratch when you put it down. Yeah. yeah. When you do it that way too, you're listening to the album the way the artist intended for you That's to right. write the it. order yep. was important. Yeah. Because a lot of those albums, they're themes and stories and everything. Yeah. They are. And not just the order, the pacing. Like sometimes the sure. gap between, or sometimes it's seamless. Some songs are yeah, seamless. They the go gap. one or the other. Yeah. And you don't always get that digital. Yeah. One of the ones I got was Kate Bush. Loved her when I was growing up. Like I, and it was one of the original albums. And now like her song that was on it, which became super popular because of um, yeah. Stranger, Stranger Things. Stranger Things, right. It was on this yeah. album. And I'm like, you know what? Everyone, that song became number one again. And everyone loved it, which is mm-hmm. awesome. But I'm like... There are so many awesome songs on that album. Really? That's one of the ones that I would play oh. side A and B. Like I would listen to the whole thing on that one that a lot of people probably will never hear yeah. because yeah. they go by the yeah. single and they're done. Right. They're iTunes and running up the hill and that's it. They don't yeah, look at the rest it. of the I catalog. I have that same feeling with an old Billy Joel album, Stormfront. Oh, yeah. There's a couple of songs on that. We didn't start the fires of the, the big one from that album. Sure. Everybody knows. And you're like, like in the CD era and in the MP3 era and now mm-hmm. digital downloads, everybody's going to listen to that track mm-hmm. and two or three others. But there's... 
so many other great ones on the album that yeah. it's yeah. so great to be able to listen to music in that way. Yeah. And sometimes you need to listen yeah. to a song a couple times before you like it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. you may hear it for like, eh, but then after right. the third or fourth time, you're like, you know what? I really kind of like this one. Which listening to the whole album side will give you the exposure right. to the songs that you might not have otherwise. There's not a skip button, right? You had to right. get up and move the thing. <laughs> you, had to fu- you had to get up, move I don't over. want to mess it up. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Very cool. Yeah, so very cool. So that's what I had. So George, your stuff I thought looked it looked pretty cool from your description. So what do you got for us? Uh well, so normally I'm the trying to be funny curmudgeon on the show, but I'm gonna take it down a notch a little bit. <laughs> I'm gonna take it down a notch, everybody. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> slow dance, everyone. I'm gonna get a little weepy in this Uh-oh. part of the segment. All right. We have a lot of great fans that listen to the show, watch the YouTube channel. We meet them at places like SFGE sometimes. And Mm -hmm. it's been humbling, especially in this last year. I've seen more and more and more of the people who enjoy our content reaching out to us. Um, I don't know why. Maybe we've just hit a critical mass on how many people (laughs) are different subscribers in different platforms. Not too long ago, I've been talking about wanting to reacquire arcade and home consoles, Mm -hmm. cartridges Mm -hmm. and systems Mm -hmm. and whatnot. And I talked also about following MC Murr's path to free games from GameStop Mm -hmm. that he's been promoting on his YouTube channel. And I joked, and I think John was making fun of me a little bit, um, how I had all these PS4 discs (laughs) that were five and ten dollars, but I couldn't play them because I don't have a (laughs) PS4. Um, But, well, I'm going to keep them. And if I ever get a PS4, I'll get to play them finally. And then eventually maybe I'll sell them on. So I recoup a little bit of my money or something. Well, uh, somebody out there was listening really intently. Uh, There's a gentleman. I'm not going to give his full name. I'm going to call him Marcus R. from St. Paul, Minnesota. Marcus, um, I hope you're listening to this uh, because we all racked our brains and none of us know who the hell you are. But you did something that I, uh, I really didn't expect. I didn't see this coming, didn't know about it, didn't think about it. I got a box on my doorstep one morning and uh, it's a pretty substantial box and I'm looking at it and uh, it was in like, it had the Amazon tape on it. And I'm like, I don't remember ordering anything from Amazon recently because I hate their shipping. (laughs) And I was looking through and I'm trying to figure it out. And so my wife was there and we're like, all right, well, we'll take a look. And I looked and I'm like, Marcus R. St. Paul, Minnesota. I don't, I don't know who that is. Mm Mm-hmm. I cut open the box and then I saw a note and I'm going to read this note. And I know I'm wasting a lot of podcast time, but I don't give a shit. I'm curious. Um, (laughs) It says, dear George, thank you for always making my Thursdays more entertaining with your great podcast commentary signed a loyal listener. That's the note. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, somebody sent me something. Now I had received an item from one of our close friends and listeners a while back where Mm -hmm. uh, they recognized my love of spreadsheets, sent me a little mug that says I'm king of the Mm -hmm. spreadsheets kind of thing on it. (laughs) That was fun. And I know, John, you've received some items from people, some puzzles and things of that nature. Look, our listeners are notoriously generous. Yes. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Yeah. You're right. Um, Well, they got a little bit more generous today, gentlemen. (laughs) This uh, Marcus R., from St. Paul, Minnesota. I'm going to say his name probably 500 times. I started digging into the box, cutting into it. And the first thing Mm -hmm. I get to is a game controller. And I immediately recognize the game controller because I've seen it in stores. It's a PS4 controller. Mm -hmm. Okay. And there was still a big item at the bottom of this box (laughs) wrapped in a whole bunch of battle. Yeah. So (laughs) by now I think we see this coming. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I stared at my wife and I said, holy shit, honey, somebody sent me a PS4. Somebody sent me a PS4. (laughs) I opened it up. It is an immaculate look 
looks like it's brand new, although I'm assuming it's been loved at some point because it wasn't in mm-hmm. its original box. But a controller, a PS4, the AV cable, the power cord, well, everything Complete. I needed. Marcus R. from St. Paul, Minnesota, just blessed me with this gift. And this is a significant gift because yeah. I looked yeah. up these things when I was considering buying one. I was asking Murr to help me find a good deal. They're two to $300 every day on oh, eBay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. At least. And, you know, I'm sure even higher at GameStop, right? Because, you know, it's GameStop. Yeah, because they rip you off you. Yeah. (laughs) But this person, just out of the kindness of their heart, didn't tell us that it was coming, didn't ask for any explanation. Matter of fact, they signed it very anonymously, a loyal listener. Mm -hmm. If I hadn't paid attention to the shipping label, I would have never known. You wouldn't even have a name. It's just incredible. I, I, I don't know what else to say other than the biggest thank you I can imagine, because now you've given me the opportunity that John and I were laughing about in the last one (laughs) about playing these games. I've never owned a Sony PlayStation ever in my life. Now I'm learning about the ecosystem. I'm learning about how you have to do things and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful system. It works flawlessly. I've already played games on it. I'm going to talk about one of them in the next segment. It's just staggering, staggering to me. Wow. So I've always wanted a Tesla. So, you know, just to say that, you know, <laughs> no, that's awesome. George. Do you think that's going to work? There'll be a large box on Moe's yeah, front steps. Go, this no, is oddly Tesla sized. This is oddly Let Tesla me, sized. like a small box and it's just some Tesla parts and a badge. Yeah. There we go. You can start building your own. Slowly. <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome, George. You're right, George. It's very gratifying. I mean, even just a thumbs up or a recommendation to a friend mm-hmm. is all we're begging for. Like an iPod review we talk about all yeah, the time. Yeah. Right? Right. Go leave us a review or something. That's all we're begging for, that we hope you just help us get a critical mass, like you said. But to, to want to personally give a gift to this person who you owning this has absolutely zero benefit for Marcus R. Right. You're not going to create a bunch of live streams of PS4 necessarily. I mean, you might in the future, rip, but that's not why he did it. He did it because, hey, you bring me something for nothing and I want to give you something. And that's there's no greater compliment to the work that we go through to produce this show than to give of yourself when you expect zero back in return and when it's not necessary. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, it's easy to give when you're in front of somebody like, oh, here's this thing, but to do it anonymously because you don't want right. people you, to know. You don't get the personal thanks. You don't you right. don't get to see your face light up, which by the way, George's face is lit up more than oh, I've yeah. seen in years. So by the way. <laughs> well, I, you remember, John, as soon as I opened the package, one of the first things yeah. I did was call you, send you pictures. I texted pictures yeah. to my kids and I'm like, do you know see, who this is? I know he's famous now. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but it was, it, it's just one of those things where, you know, he talks about making his Thursdays more entertaining. I have been on cloud nine from the day that he sent this to me and I received it. And that's been a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that I will do some kind of filming with it and, you know, thank mm-hmm. Marcus R at that time as well on the YouTube channel. I'm not saying that he's the only one either. Uh, right. We're going to talk about some other stuff, but well, we talked a couple of weeks ago about someone who sent me that sealed Star Wars yes. puzzle, right? This yeah. is not an isolated incident. This was a, a huge token, but mm-hmm. it's not isolated. It makes me so fiercely proud of the audience that gravitates toward us, that it's that kind of people that we have listening. You it know? made me feel like just on a very small scale that I was like LGR or 8-bit guy. I think I even You're told you time. that yep. because yeah. they get those donations all the time. And I I watch their videos and I know they've been doing it for years longer than we have, but they're so fucking cynical about the stuff that people want to send to them. <laughs> like, oh, I got three of these. Oh, I don't want to accept oh, any more PS4. donations, blah, blah, blah. You know, <laughs> fuck you, you ball headed, boring prick. Anyway. <laughs> 
for the record, we'll continue to accept donations. We are not capping. That's what I'm saying. Because we appreciate. Tesla's included. We appreciate so much what our listeners no, do for every us. Every little thing. And this comes on the heels of SFGE, where I was talking about how people were stopping me in the hallway mm-hmm. that I didn't know were coming to the thing and yeah. I had never really remembered meeting them if I had before and saying, I recognize your voice. You're George from Gen X Grown Up or, hey, you got a great podcast over there. Mm-hmm. I don't think I deserve it. I don't know that any of us feel like we deserve it, but it is mm-hmm. incredibly appreciated. Very cool. It man. is. You know what? I'm going to leave it there and uh, we get back from the break. We're going to hear more about that PS4 and what it allowed <laughs> you to do. <laughs> My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out. Each episode of Gen X Grown Up has show notes loaded with links where you can learn more about our topics. And there's even more to see and hear over at GenXGrownUp.com. Okay, who's hungry out there? Aren't you hungry? Yeah! Aren't you hungry for Burger King? Can't you taste that sizzling whopper? Or chicken crisp and light? Or is veal parmesan more your style? For the three in attendance locally and the millions listening around the world, ladies and gentlemen, it's time! Gentlemen, I don't really feel super like hyped wrestling announcer guy right now because I'm still on the high of gratitude and humility, but I did want to take the time to talk about something that I was allowed to play because of the generosity of Mark R., from St. Paul, Minnesota. I'm, I haven't hit 500 yet. I'm trying to get to yeah, my quarter. Keep going. Keep hitting I'm that gonna, yeah. <laughs> One of the games that I always wanted to play was only ever an exclusive on the PlayStation systems okay. was The Last of Us. John, oh, yeah. you and I talked oh, about it yeah. for years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a beautiful game in the same vein as an Alan Wake or a Bioshock in that it has this beautifully, highly polished, developed storyline throughout the game. Plus, mm-hmm. it's gorgeous. Well, During one of those MC Murr GameStop free game find sessions, I found The Last of Us Remastered for the PlayStation 4. That was the first game I put into the machine so I could start playing it. Was it? it? Okay. (laughs) I played for probably 30 or 45 minutes in that first session, the longest gaming session I've played in a while because we're old. I just don't play that long anymore at a time. It's everything I wanted it to be. It's gorgeous. It's nothing new. Everybody who's ever played it knows all about it already, but just in case you haven't played it, it's the story of a worldly apocalypse that happens, at least in the United States. There's a gentleman with his daughter at the beginning of the game. She is unfortunately killed in the first like intro segments before you get into the heart of the game. Okay. And at some point later on, as you are in the survival mode, 10 years after that event, 
you have met other people, you've bonded with them, you have missions that you go on. Eventually, you meet another young lady who you seem to adopt as kind of your own daughter as a protection kind of fatherly figure thing in this harsh, harsh environment. It's a gorgeous game. It's intuitive. The PlayStation 4 obviously has no problems handling the remastered graphics Mm -hmm. and I couldn't be happier playing this game. Nice. When did the game come out? How old is it? I have no freaking clue. At least 10 it's, years. It's, oh, oh, yeah. So it's, it's been a long, long, okay. long time. Yeah. yeah. You know, that dynamic reminds me a little bit of Stranger Things where Hopper had lost his daughter and kind of mm-hmm. adopts Eleven a little bit. So right. I always wondered whether or not Stranger Things kind of picked up on that tone. I mean, it's not a unique tone yeah, to it's, this it's game been either, but yeah. it's a powerful one, right? When you've it lost is. someone right. close and you can find an analog for them. And so yeah. that emotional connection in The Last of Us, I played just a little bit of it, which uh, I think we've talked about before when I had access to the online streaming PlayStation thing. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, it was not even the remastered back then. And even then it was just, it's a staggering game. So very cool. I, I could get back to it. Like, it's one of those things like, you know, everybody says you've got to play it. They put it up there with like Mario 64 as being like these pivotal games that you must play. Mm-hmm. Like that's one you should. So yeah, I mean, Bioshock and yeah, I could see this being the pivotal game for the PlayStation ecosphere. And I don't know anything about the PlayStation ecosphere, except for what I'm starting to learn now. I'm sure there are other games that people would argue are more important to PlayStation, but this is the only PlayStation exclusive game that I can ever remember that made me almost buy a PlayStation. Back when I had five Xbox 360s, (laughs) this game made me want to buy a PlayStation. Cool. Well, now you're set. Yeah. (laughs) I enjoy talking about the gift from Marcus R from St. Paul, Minnesota. That's me, 27. You're getting there. (laughs) I'm getting there. But after talking about Last of Us, I really want to talk a little bit more about some of the games you guys have been playing. Mo, Mm -hmm. I'm interested in the title, Little Little Hope. Little Hope. Little Hope. Hmm. It's a game I picked up during the Steam sale. (laughs) Appropriately enough. Yeah, it's been on my wish list. So the premise is, it says, trapped and isolated in the abandoned town of Little Hope, four college students and their teacher must escape the nightmarish apparitions that relentlessly pursue them as they try to escape. Okay, so not Little Hope and like a little girl's name is Hope and she's no. frolicking <laughs> along in the bushes. No, this is Little Hope, like you have Little Hope of surviving. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's one of these third person perspective games and it starts off like you're in a school bus, coming back from a trip, like there's a bus driver. You have to veer off, you head toward a town of Little Hope. Mm. A creepy girl appears in front of the truck accident happens and they have to make their way through the town and it's just horror creepy atmospheric stuff it's very cool because you change perspectives like you play the different characters depending on what section of the game you're on the more you look and discover things the more things you uncover that are actually interesting and you have to make a lot of these like it gets kind of video gamey in one point where like if something's pursuing you, it tells you like B X da, 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 and you have to hit them in the right order. Yeah. I think those are called quick time events, right? Yeah, you have to match up. Yeah. That's a good mm-hmm. one for it. Yep. And they change the outcome of the actual game. So you could do a perfect game where everyone survives, or you could do a game where no one survives mm. <laughs> or only two people survive or one person, depending on how you, you know, what you do and how you react to different situations. It's does a cool thing because the town little hope there was like the whole, you know, witch burn, and that's pretty much around, right? Everyone knows about that stuff. But right. every now and then, though, it kind of flips time. So one of the people, one of the college students is looking onto an event that happened in the past and they can actually interact with it in some ways. Because mm. like there's somebody oh, who's there cool. who could see them. Right, right. And it's like, yo, what apparition are you? Da, da, da. 
you know, and then you can tell them like, don't do this or do that, whatever. And they'll sometimes do what you say, which will change the outcome of that mini scene, which wow. then affects the game. I immediately started looking at links as soon as you were talking about it, mm-hmm. like I always do. And I found out that this is a series of four games. Yes, it's part of That's an anthology. Right. Yeah, Dark Pictures Anthology. I was pulling a George too. I like, I want to see what this looks like. And I realized it's actually part of more. Yeah, it's a yeah. bigger story. They're really gorgeous looking. Like, they're beautiful cinematics. Oh, it's very good. They do... Plenty of jump scares, George. You like those? Absolutely. (laughs) So it's always good there. The story, I did finish Little Hope. It took me a while, but again, it's one of these things you're supposed to go back and replay and try different Mm -hmm. avenues and stuff. And the ending was like, huh. It's one of those kind of huh endings. Like, that's interesting. Like, it was Hmm. a good ending. I didn't feel cheated, you know, when I got to the end of it. It did make me want to go back and redo some parts. And try to do something better. Not everyone survived. (laughs) I can tell you that with (laughs) me right now. But apparently there is a way of doing it where everyone survives. And it's just a really just well done, well crafted, creepy. It gives you that creepy kind of horror movie 80s feel to it. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at some of the stills and some of the trailers. Hmm? There's a guy who's lighting a candelabra in some of the trailer scenes. He's like the host. That's Robert Patrick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's his voice, too. Yeah. Oh, that's I love it when a good, solid character actor actor makes it into a great video game mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it just gives it so much more gravitas right. yeah there's a lot of people in it who you would probably recognize from like movies like not big parts but mm-hmm. we've seen them before like the faces aren't like unrecognizable right yeah. and you got it on sale would you recommend people buy it at its current or whatever okay, it's right full price now is, it's 30 or? bucks um, yeah and it's a two-year-old game it's gonna go on sale i say wait for it to go on sale i think wait for 20 dollars. Okay. i would buy it for sure but i, mm-hmm. I wouldn't bet they're gonna have 50 percent off at some point you'd be able to give 15 so that bucks. 10 or 15 is yeah. how much yeah. game Instant. time have yeah. you gotten out of it i've gotten i was able to walk through the first run in about eight hours okay oh, so you've done the first run was eight hours yeah, yeah. okay so easily run. a ten dollar value minimum when you're looking at the yeah, Corey exactly scale but again i need to go back i probably easily put another eight in them I'm sure. Mm. Just trying All different right. stuff nice. and doing it again, that kind of stuff. It sounds like it's a worth about a third of its current price on our Corey scale. At 10 or 15 bucks. Okay. I think it's probably yeah. a fair price for it. Now, if you get the whole anthology for 30 bucks, I would say that's a good deal. Oh, that's like three or four games. Oh, yeah. yeah. that's. I yeah. think the game's two years old. I would guess the next summer winter sale yeah. it's going to be on sale and you probably that's get sale bait right there somebody's probably going to have a bundle with all four of them exactly no humble kidding bundle yeah. probably will yeah. have are it you listening like humble bundle yeah. Yeah. Halloween's <laughs> coming <laughs> yeah this is perfect Halloween. For Halloween. that's a great Halloween yeah but the yeah. Halloween bundle I'm in so let's see so who we left with John what you got <laughs> who we left with oh that who, guy who's left just me left? <laughs> remember a couple of shows ago I was talking about Donut Dodo which was God, effectively yes. a 19- would you please stop posting stuff on discord about how wonderful you are at this damn that game, game is, that I can't play at all. That game has pissed me off. That's <laughs> all oh You God. need some practice because that game is genius. It's just annoying me. <laughs> Thank so, you, but Mo. Now, Mo and I are on the same side. <laughs> you just need lessons in Donut Dodo. That's all you need. <laughs> I got your lessons in your donut right here, pal. <laughs> well, he went from being weepy to back to George. <laughs> <laughs> it only took one segment. <laughs> That's easy. Well, I went, so Donut Dodo is a lot of fun. So I went looking to see, are there other things out there that I've missed that are like this? So I went exploring and looking around and I did find something that is not the same at all, but it does some interesting things that's worth taking a look at. So the game I found is called Castle Kong, which sounds surprisingly like Donkey Kong, and it is a 
staggeringly similar game to Donkey Kong with kind of a modern twist. I will criticize a bit that it's not sure what it wants to be. It kind of is running that Donut Dodo thing where it tries to mimic like an, an early 80s arcade game. It certainly is kind of like that. The font is like that and the some of the mechanics are like that. But it's also a more modern game in terms of its widescreen and its full color. It doesn't limit itself to kind of the limitations you would have had in an old arcade game. But in many ways, it is a reimagining of Donkey Kong, which put it pretty high on my list. It's made by a company called Drowning Monkeys Games. <laughs> okay. The premise of the game is that the adversary called Baron Man kidnaps Princess Girl, the most generic. Ter- I think the they're riffing off the Jump Man. Really? Because Donkey Kong had to Jump Man. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, this is kind of the tongue firmly planted in cheek okay. aspect of this game. Oh, okay. okay. You know, so you get three lives when you start a game, there are four stages organized in 22 levels, kind of like a Donkey Kong, how you mix them up. You have level one and four and then one, two and four and that kind of thing. It's really hard. Like if you hated Donut (laughs) Dodo because it's hard, you're going to hate this one for a while before it gets good. They say it's hard but fair because there's pattern recognition. You can pay attention to kind of how they're throwing fireballs around. It's the same idea where you're trying to get to the top or you're trying to clear plugs or something or the elevator level, those sorts of things. But you can do their point pressing opportunities like there are in Donkey Kong. There's a high score system where you can replay someone's high score to see how they got that score so high. Oh, oh you guys, you watch them play. Yes. That's kind of like that's that's the arcade days thing. when you would watch the good person on the machine. Yeah. Yep. Stand over somebody's shoulder and see how, okay. how the hell did you get 200,000 points? Oh, he did this cool thing that you can then mimic. And apparently, if you get to the end, there's a kill screen for this game if you can get to whatever point it is ah has anybody gotten to that screen i don't know i don't know i certainly have not i've been about (laughs) three levels right i've not gotten anywhere near (laughs) The, the really cool thing though you know Arcade games, though, were a thing where you put a quarter in to just give it a shot. This game is free to play. Like you get some tokens that you can use each day and they kind of replenish themselves. Or if you like the game, you can pay six bucks for it and unlock all of it. Yeah, I I was just about to raise my hand and say, hey, this time they got something right better than Donut Kingdom or Donut Dodo or Kingdom whatever. (laughs) Donut Dodo, show respect. They got the free play part (laughs) and then they call it DLC on Steam. For yeah. six ninety nine, you can download and the unlocked game. And that's I was going to ask you how oh, they did okay. it. So I get the coin thing per day. That's kind of cute. It's very cell yep. phone gamey, right? It you is like a mobile app thing. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm out of tokens. Tomorrow I'll get one free play. And yeah. if you like it enough to wait the next day, you probably are going to want to buy the game, quite frankly. So. At least it gives you an opportunity to decide if you're pissed off enough to keep playing or pissed yeah, off enough true. to you, stop you get exactly. to try it, right? You're like, this ain't for me or I want it here six bucks. Exactly. Yeah. That's the idea. So if, if you like Donut dodo the idea of it is in castle kong it's a different approach but it's a similar thing if you love old arcade games so play the free one i guess that's my recommendation and find out for yourself (laughs) so they give you that that old kind of demo mode which is a great to have in a modern game you know a lot can happen in seven minutes and luckily that's how long it takes me to tell a story my name is aaron calafato and i'm the creator of seven minute stories i'm proud to partner with evergreen podcasts and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style. And together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling and all in approximately seven minutes. If you're a diehard Gen X grown up, you can pledge your support by clicking join on YouTube or by becoming a patron at genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. 
If you're shipping big and small packages, you could feel left out in the cold. If you don't know the company that has its own scheduled delivery of virtually any size package the next morning. Nope, it's not any of them. Introducing Emory AN. Only Emory delivers any size shipment from ounces to tons to most of America the very next morning. It's the Emory Edge. Take us up on it. Before we wrap up this edition of the show, we always like to take just a second here toward the end to talk about the things we are looking at now or looking forward to between now and the next time we get together. And let me start with you, Mo. What do you got on the horizon? Sure. Um, let's see. So I'm looking for uh, Bullet Train. See so many trailers of that sucker. Mm-hmm. That's the one I talked it. about last time. Yeah, we yep. talked about last yep. time. Yep. It's, I think it's releasing today. I think it was his first day or yesterday mm-hmm. was his first day. So yep. definitely going to catch that one. The Return of Resident Alien. August 10th. Okay, so I'll let you be looking forward to it. That's my fine. But you have to do the sound if you're going to be looking forward to Resident Alien, or it doesn't count. The sound? Yes. Dum, dum. Oh, I got dum, you. Dum. There you go. He does the law and order sound. Gong, <laughs> gong. It's actually, I guess, the second half of the second season is what they're Yeah, they broke it, it up. Right. But they yep, broke yep. it up. But still, though, it's really smart, funny show. Already renewed for a third season, as, as oh, I agree. It was renewed right? for the third season from season one, episode four. Oh, yeah, really? So it got, it okay. got two. But what I'm most looking forward to is dropped today is Sandman on Netflix. I just got the notification on my phone while we were yep. recording. So <laughs> right as soon as we're done recording this podcast, I am going to grab my girlfriend and we're going to start watching this thing because we've both been looking forward to it and it I've just heard good things. Amazing. I didn't even care, but the, the tremendous, overwhelming, positive response I've seen on Discord and on internet like I, apparently I got to watch this. You, you got to watch the first episode at least, right? So that is so, yeah. that's I'm absolutely looking forward to is dropping today, which is August 5th actually. What do you got, George? Uh, well, so the first thing I'm looking forward to is actually already dropped. I just haven't had a chance to start watching it yet. Mm-hmm. It's BattleBots mm-hmm. Bounty Hunter Season 2. What? We, I've talked about BattleBots several times before. Yeah, yeah. They sure. have this offshoot that they started during COVID because they had to lock down the arena, but they still wanted to produce episodes. So in this format, they pick eight robots that go through a gauntlet tournament in one evening battling each other. And then mm-hmm. at the end, whoever the champion of that tournament is gets to face this one like legendary robot. Oh, okay. And if okay. you ah, beat them, hunters. you get there like uh, some money and the recognition of being their bounty hunter. So uh, season two of that starts, it's already started. Another one that's going to be starting here shortly on August 18th, 60 days in is doing a seventh season. <laughs> This is the one where they take regular people, put them in jail so that they can gather information from the inside to give to the warden and guards to help improve the jail system, quote unquote. We all know it's because they want reality TV to produce. <sighs> it's like undercover boss in jail, but you don't want to be the warden in jail or you're going to get shanked, right? Right. So, <laughs> How many seasons is this? This is the seventh. Seventh? Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> so each jail so far has done two seasons, except for one jail that had to do four because they were just so messed up. They kept losing people left, right, and like. One poor guy in that jail didn't even make it past intake. Like he just freaked out. Like I'm out. Oh, he's like he's I'm giving out. I'm a symbol. They always have <laughs> so to you do can like tap a little out when you want. Sign. You get yeah, out. They, yeah, they show the camera some sign, and then the producers who are filming a documentary come and pull the person say and take them into another room, and they let them uh, out. But they have to process them through the system because part of the premise is that not only do the prisoners are not supposed to know who you are, but 99 percent of the employees of the jail. Oh, the are staff not supposed doesn't to know. know. Oh, jeez. How have I never? 
seen this show. What? I find out the coolest shit on this show. <laughs> My God. I've talked about this show on this podcast. I don't before. remember. Did you? I don't yes. remember it. Okay. Well, it's I'm a old. crazy premise. Um, That's nuts. The thing that gets me, there's seven seasons. There are TVs in every damn jail in America. It's so a, they know it's the show a exists now, right? How does nobody know? No, right. they know the show exists. And every time in the last, like, seasons four, five, and six, the prisoners were always like, Oh, you're 60 days, aren't you? <laughs> They're trying to get the people who are in there on the people on the show, trying to get them to admit you're 60 days, aren't you? And, you know, some of these prisoners don't want to be filmed. Right. And there's some dangerous situations. about. Oh, anyway, I've talked enough about Shit. that. I just of- added that to my plex. I mean, I can't stand it. This I missed this. Oh, wow. <laughs> He's like, I have to watch the it now. The thing I'm looking forward to the most is Archer season 13 is yeah. coming back August 24th. John, this is one you introduced me to. I love it. Yep. Danger Zone Archer. I can't stand it. He's got Danger a season zone. 13. They've gone to this whole theming thing the last several mm-hmm. seasons. Yep. But they're back to like regular now, right? They're like, he's back to being just a normal agent. I don't know what they're going to do. And that's the be- <laughs> best part about Archer. Yeah, Who the hell knows? crazy. You never know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Remember when they season five was it and they were done and now right. it's 13? Like, yeah. Thank goodness. What about you, John? Me? So I have a few things. Something that just dropped today. I haven't got a chance to see yet. It was on Apple TV Plus. An animated film called Luck. There's a young lady who has the worst luck ever like every bread mm. she drops is butter side down every okay. coin toss she loses literally she has the worst luck ever and somehow she finds out that luck and like good luck and bad luck are their own like kingdoms in the world and she meets this like a leprechaun guy <laughs> and she goes and finds out there's this whole world of good luck that she just has none of and they're at war with this kind of world of bad luck and I don't know much more about it beyond that, but the concept was interesting and things that happen like, oh, somebody spills something and it magically slips into a cup somewhere instead of splashing on the ground, you know, <laughs> crazy good luck and crazy bad luck. Uh, and it's free. It's just streaming on Apple TV Plus if you have that. Uh, looking forward to to, uh, to checking that out. Lower Deck Season 3 is yeah. back August 25th, right about the time we record the next podcast that will drop. Mm-hmm. Remember when Lower Decks ended last season? Uh, the captain got arrested. She was accused mm-hmm, of blowing right. up Pac-Lid Planet. We know she didn't do it. But anyway, crazy stuff is going to happen. The thing I'm most looking forward to, though, is, oh, it's a great time to be an Atari fan. The <laughs> Yars Recharged. So this is a Yars Revenge reimagined, kind of like the uh, Asteroids Recharged and Gravitar right, Recharged. Out, no, yeah, August 23rd, that's coming out. And this is only one of about four Yars sequel or reimaginings that are coming out in the next what? few months or so. There's the one that Howard Scott Warshaw is a true sequel. There's the reskinned one that's going to... Oh, it's a crazy time to be an Atari fan. But Yars Recharge, <laughs> August 23rd. Cannot wait for that one. Man, and before we get out of this, George, you talked about so many people so generous. You know, I, I want to mention, I called out uh, the other day on YouTube that a uh, longtime uh, listener and supporter, Chad, sent a Pac-Man lunchbox to me just because. Uh, nice. no, no, no. Yeah. That's no, not no, no. the whole story. He offered it to me. He did and not. Then you get my hand-me-down. Damn it. <laughs> you get my hand-me-down. It's a gorgeous box. It's in he great shape. He sent an email to podcast at Gen X Grown Up and he said, did. hey, I've got this lunchbox. Well, anybody I want said, it? John, comma, I have I this. I tried to get that damn lunchbox <laughs> from that email. <laughs> I've got a Pac-Man lunchbox for you. You have a hand-me-down. Yeah, okay. it's coming. 
So you, you're still going to get one. But <laughs> but Chad's not even the end of the story. No, no. I have some people as well. Um, I talked about the PS4 and I'm still, you know, uh, Marcus R. from St. Paul, Minnesota. Thank you so much again <laughs> for that. 28. 28, right. <laughs> um, but I had a couple of other people reach out to me on Discord and want to send me some stuff. So much so that um, one of the people even asked me to create a spreadsheet of everything I have for oh, Atari 2600 and television. had to create a spreadsheet. I know. So, you know, I went all <laughs> Are you okay? Check boxes and links and all kinds of stuff. His favorite thing to do. But the two that I've gotten in recently, one of them comes from Captain Kiwi. Captain mm-hmm. Kiwi's oh, longtime yeah. Discord friend. Uh, he sent me an Intellivision box game and overlay called Space Battle. I had the yep. cartridge from one of those that I picked up at SFGE, yep. but he sent me the complete package. And the box is in a little rough shape, but it's I didn't have a box. So this is awesome to me. There you go. Uh, the overlays are in there. The manual's in there. The cartridge. I can't. Thank you enough, Captain Kiwi. I really appreciate it. And then another gentleman from one of our uh, sister podcasts or friend podcasts, however you want to say it, Project Gen X. Oh, yeah. Alan from that podcast, he sent me two near perfect editions, one uh, for the Atari 2600 Pac-Man. And this one is not just Pac-Man. It's the one that was sold with the Sears video arcade version of the Atari VCS. Oh, wow. Uh, the so Pac- they were sure Pac-Man was going to sell consoles. Yeah. 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 Uh, the other one that he it sent didn't. me in beautiful <laughs> box, part of it unopened. And I say part of it because it's Atari 2600's Star Raiders, which came not just with the game, but also with that extra controller that you mm-hmm. could oh, use right. yeah. with that game. And even a comic book that's in there. Now, the game cartridge box is super sealed inside here. Uh, the controller is open. You, it's not like a sealed mm-hmm. thing. Right. But I, I'm not sure how I, I want to open it because I want to get to the <laughs> to comic book. I already have another Star Raiders cartridge that I can play on. Man, that's how it starts. And you're like, oh, oh no, well, now I'll buy another one that I can right? open. And now I have seven of them in different states. <laughs> <of> can- <laughs> but it's so awesome uh. that our that our listeners and fans are out there sending us these kinds of items. It's it just it melts my heart. It, yeah, it's amazing stuff. So thanks, guys, everyone. Uh, so much appreciate it. That is going to wrap it up for this edition of the show. Don't worry, though. We're back in two weeks with another one. And next week, though, is our backtrack. We pick a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep. George, man, you were just talking about these Atari cartridges that you have. This year, this coming up in a couple of weeks, is the 45th anniversary of the release of the Atari 2600. <laughs> we all had one. We all loved it. It is a pivotal and seminal part of video game history. It launched, it literally launched an industry. The Atari 2600. Mm. We're going to dig into the origin of it, some of our favorite games on it, and the impact it has had on pop culture and gaming in general. You do not want to miss that one. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know I appreciate you. Always fun, man. Fourth listener, though, it's you. We appreciate most of all, and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. JetX Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. My voice is like 95%, I think. It's, yeah, it's a lot less sexy. <laughs> it's really disappointing for everyone involved, I know. Yeah, you know, that's why I'm here. You know, I was hoping, you know. <laughs> Just really let you down, Mo. I was hoping it'd be really, really smoking hot voice. That's right. <laughs>
Where did that term drop dead easy come from? I'm just thinking about that. It's like, what the hell does that mean? It's as it's easy as just fucking dying. It's no is effort. Is? Like, yeah. is that easy? Is that easy? <laughs> what if you like it had a difficult. gunshot and you're suffering? I mean, that's not Anybody easy. can do it. Well, then you're not dead. You're suffering. If you just drop I dead. I guess it's the dropping dead the gives drop an dead. instantaneous feel, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And anybody can do it. It's weird. really easy. All right. The shit you start thinking about as you get older, right? Like, where the hell did that, <laughs> that come from? I wonder if dying's going to be easy. Yeah. Oh, no. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I hope it's dropped that easy. <laughs> it is. Guaranteed. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chapotis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.